Okay, sorry, I, I got a phone call, so I was interrupted, but, um, um, gosh, I'm not even sure what I was talking about before, but anyway, uh, the phone call kind of gave me an idea of something that I could talk about right now that I haven't really talked to anyone about, and that's the fact that I underwent weight loss surgery back in April, and, um, I got the, uh, the, the vertical sleeve gastrectomy, which is, which is one of the, um, options for weight loss surgery that exist. Um, you know, there's the gastric bypass and then there's the, the lap band and then there's the sleeve. Um, and there's other stuff that's newer that's coming out, but I guess these, these three are the oldest and, um, back in, I guess, November of last year, um, my wife and I, we decided that we were going to, we were going to under, we were going to start doing a little bit of research. So, um, and, and the driving force behind this was because our sister-in-law had gotten the surgery and had, had like amazing results and, um, and then was able to, you know, utilize the, the, the surgery as a tool along with a lot of other changes to kind of make, um, a very drastic and healthy, uh, lifestyle change. So, uh, we were very encouraged by her results and her newfound energy and happiness. And, um, we decided we were going to go to the info session, which is one of the first things you should do if you're interested in getting weight loss surgery, or if you're interested in the option of weight loss surgery as a way to, um, as a way to get healthier. Uh, if you've had a long, um, longstanding history of trouble with, with weight loss. Um, so we went to the info session and they, there, there's a surgeon there that kind of, uh, gives you the breakdown of all the different options. And, um, you know, the sleeve for us was, was the less drastic, uh, safer option, um, less hassle also. Um, and, uh, and I, I can go into that in a later recording. You know, I, I, I would like to have some information in front of me if I'm going to talk about the, the three surgeries, but basically, um, so we decided on the sleeve and th so, you know, one of the first things we had to do was contact our insurance and kind of figure out if they would cover it and what the procedure was. Cause every insurance is different and either they will cover it or they won't. And if they do, there's prerequisites of some kind. And like I said, they're all different, but my insurance required that we receive six months of nutritional counseling. Um, and that the, that art, you know, any weight loss would be tracked, um, along those, those, that six month period. So, um, so we were getting our blood work done. Uh, we were getting constantly, um, getting information. Uh, then, uh, you know, once, once, uh, the, the class nutritional classes started, it was going once a month to see the nutritionist for about an hour and, um, having a, 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 a psychiatric evaluation done. Um, to just make sure that we were doing this for the right reasons and that we were mentally stable and capable of making, uh, you know, drastic changes and adapting and things like that. Um, which I think is, is very important. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this if you're not ready to, to commit to some kind of change. Um, and if, you know, you're not in at least a decent mental 
mental health, you know, just like you would look to be in, in good physical health for, for certain procedures. This, this was like, you, this is not only physical, but mental. Um, so we did that and, uh, every month we were going to see the nutritionist and they were giving us tips and tricks on how to, you know, eat better, what, um, food groups to focus on and, uh, and basically just almost like tutoring us, guiding us and teaching us how to eat, eat properly to most benefit the, the tool, which is the, the surgery most benefit the tool, um, in combination with our changes and stuff like that. So, you know, overall the results would be better if we were to use each, you know, eating well, plus the surgery, plus exercise and all that, and just having good support system. And that was, that would be what would. Okay. So, uh, now that I'm back again, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, more about the, the, the process of, you know, getting from a, a to Z, I guess. So, um, so in the first segment I talked about do, going to the informational session and then I talked about the psychiatric evaluation and then the six months worth of nutrition appointments because that's what my surgery, um, I'm sorry, that's what my insurance required. Uh, then you're, you know, you go, um, how, how, like, I guess it's, it's once a month you go, you see the nutritionist and in between that you're kind of just going for checkups at the doctor, um, your, you know, your specialist just to see how you're doing. So they're hoping that while you're getting these nutrition appointments under your belt, you're making changes. So you're either going to maintain your weight during this time or you're going to lose weight. You may gain a little weight, but they're hope you know there there will be another step after the six months nutrition. So, um, you get the you do the six months nutrition, you fulfill all their requirements, all their blood work, blah blah blah, and then um, it gets submitted to to your insurance. Okay, so you're really trying to maintain or lose weight and try not to gain more than five pounds during this time. Okay. So I think throughout the six months, I think I had only, I had fluctuated. I had lost, I had gained, I had lost, I gained, I had lost. And then ultimately, I think I only gained about three pounds from the six, the time that I started six months prior. So the, um, need, uh, to make a long story short, the insurance accepted our request for the surgery, approval. Um, I think it only took two, two or three days. And then we, we found out that we were approved, which was awesome. It was like the best feeling because I was very concerned. I was very nervous because I think up until that point, I was just, I was, I, there was part of me that wasn't ready. Um, and then once I, like, once I, I found out, I think maybe, maybe a, two weeks before I found out about the approval, my mind started to shift because I think out of pure fear, I realized that there, if I didn't like shape up, um, it was going to cost me this huge change that I wanted to undergo. Um, and, and I think the, the difficulty with weight loss is that you're, you know, it's hard because you have, you have all these bad habits and you have cravings and, you know, over time, cravings are very mental, very chemical, I, I believe. And yes, we do make choices to eat, but you know, there is a part of our brains, 
that plays a role in that, you know, that makes things, um, makes it so that you crave things that you might not normally crave, you know, or, you know, if, if you're not thinking about it, your brain is thinking about it and telling you, oh man, I really want that. But anyway, that's for another story. I just, I, I just feel like people think that that losing weight is easy and it's just about the choice but it really is a lot harder than that I think there's you know there's this this physical this mental this chemical and environment environment over environmental component components altogether that come into play when it comes to like weight gain and obesity and how much of an epidemic it is in this country and just in general so uh so anyway um I started to really get scared that this wasn't going to happen. So I um, was really trying to stick to a good regimen. Um, I was doing meal supplements like protein shakes um, and eating vegetables and lean meats and stuff like that. And every now and then prior to the surgery, I was kind of, you know, I would like binge on something like once a week. And I, I came to the realization that that just wasn't helping me at all. So I really had to go cold turkey on a lot of this stuff. So um, even more importantly, because once you get accepted, you go on, um, depending depending on who your surgeon is and what program you go to, <clears throat> you have to go on a, on a liquid diet. <clears throat> you have to go on a liquid diet for like, for me, it was three weeks. Some people it's like two days, but for me it was three weeks. So um, I'll I'll cover how that experience went in a second. So one of the final final steps was to meet with the surgeon and um, and the whole team and get our recommended weight loss number for the three weeks prior to the surgery because for us we had to do a three week diet prior to the surgery in order to um, ensure that the surgery for the most part went smoothly so the reasoning behind doing this like intensive primarily liquid diet is to shrink your liver which takes up a lot of space I guess in that in that in that big abdominal cavity area I don't even know if it's if that's what it that's what you would call it but anyway your liver kind of does a lot of work um, managing toxins and things like that so it gets enlarged um, and so uh, it does obstruct the view especially if they have to go in there and repair hernia so what they do what you do is three weeks and again not all not all programs do this but ours did um, and I, I appreciate that they do this because it really increases the safety this, uh, it, it reduces the risk of something going wrong, I think, significantly by allowing the surgeon more room to do what they have to do. But anyway, so 40 pounds is what I was given as far as my target number to lose um, for the three weeks. Now, I was pretty scared about this. Like, I think I was mute when they told me this because I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, I don't think I've lost 40 pounds my whole my whole adult life like ever since I left high school I've pretty much just steadily gained like the whole time I've gone through I've gone through 
bouts of depression. I've gone through bouts of extreme anxiety. I've gone through bouts of extreme stress, you know, and, uh, I've gone through so many changes and challenges and stuff like that. Just personally, you know, everyone is different. What's a challenge for one is not a challenge for the other. But for me, you know, doing certain things, um, uh, during different parts of my life were very challenging. Um, I can talk about more about that another time, but if you have any questions, just let me know. Um, so anyway, I was really scared about having to lose that weight. And I, I, I did worry that, you know, that would risk, you know, me not getting the surgery on the day up because if you don't lose enough and your liver's too big, they can't see, they don't do the surgery. So again, every program is different, but that was, that was what was happening for mine. So, um, we, you know, we had our final, you know, nutrition, like pep talk and, uh, we went shopping for hella protein shakes and, um, and our, our nutritionist kind of said, look, we understand that it's really hard just to do only liquids for three weeks. So occasionally what you should do is try and throw in like one piece of chicken breast in, in vegetables salad um no carbs you know just like very very plain salad with chicken just so that you have a little substance and you don't feel like you're gonna crash or that you're gonna cheat or you know stuff like that so that really helped us out um first week lost a little second week didn't lose very much but by the third week um, we had, I had lost cl- close to 30. I think I made it up to 25 or 26 pounds that I had lost just from the three weeks. And, um, so 20, 20 was the, 20 was the minimum that I could lose 40 being the maximum and the most optimal. Um, and then, and they weigh you on the day of surgery to determine whether or not that's going to happen. So by the day of surgery, like an hour before surgery, that was how much I had lost within the three-week period of of doing the the li- mostly liquid diet. So, um, so that that that's how that's how that went. And like I said, it was hard, and there were times where I just I was so done. But then you know I would have that little salad, and that would just that would just make life worth. That would make life worth living, I gotta say. So, um, anyway, I'll talk about the surgery in just a second. So, uh, the day of surgery, about 26 pounds down, surgeries ago, awesome. Kelly and I, or my wife and I, we decide that she's gonna go first. Uh, because it, we we figured it would be easier for for her not to have to wait for me to, um, and be nervous and just scared that I wasn't gonna make it out or something. So I let I, I let her go first. Her surgery took about maybe an hour, uh, maybe hour fifteen, and I was so surprised. And then they and then they were ready for you know I I had to wait a little while because there was a surgery in between that. And then, and then they were ready for me. So I think I had to wait like half an hour or something. So then, um, finally it was my time for surgery. Um, 
I remember going in, transferring to the table. They got me all comfortable, hooked me up to all these tubes. Um, and then I think finally I just had to, um, whatchamacallit, uh, you know, I just had to like take a deep breath or whatever. Anyway, by the time I woke up, I like was so, I was just so out of it. I honestly, it's hard for me to even remember the, the first initial few hours, but apparently my surgery had gone on for about three and a half hours because I had had a hernia, which they had they had known was there anyway. They had because doing X-rays is part of the whole um, part of the whole initial process. You know when you're when you're starting out. So they knew I had. Um, oh my god! And I even forgot. I forgot to mention. <laughs> I forgot to mention the fact that they did X-rays and then they did um, what is it? An endoscopy. I forgot to tell you that they did an endoscopy, and that's when they kind of stick a, t- a camera down your throat. Uh, they put you under, of course. You're not awake for that. But I did do that back um, during the during the six-month period where we were kind of nutritioning and all that BS. So um, they had known about the hernia. They didn't know just how significant it was or whatever. But anyway, I guess they 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 have to repair it once they're in there, and that you know that's that which is nice. It's part of the whole deal. Like while they're in there, if you have a hernia, they're going to repair it. Um, and then, and then, uh, yeah, I was in a lot of pain and it wasn't pain from really from the actual surgery, like, but from the anesthetic, uh, cause it's gas. And, um, I remember they took x-rays, um, like a, like a chest x-ray was of my insides there. And I remember just seeing all these bubbles, all these circular looking bubbles in my in my x-ray and I was like what what are all those I was so scared I like freaking developed cancer overnight or something and it turned out that those were that was those were gas bubbles and they were freaking everywhere and that was what was causing me the most pain I to the point where I think the first night I could not I could not sleep and they had to put um they had to give me morphine because I just could I was so uncomfortable and you know they when you go you know, when they, you go to the hospital, they're like, oh, just walk it out, bring some gas X strips. And that, that, that junk was not working. It was not working. So I was walk, I was trying to walk my best. I was in so much pain. I was drowsy, groggy, whatever. Um, family did come to visit and stuff, but I really wasn't, wasn't alert right away. Um, my mom was with, with me too, which was awesome. I was so thankful um, because for some reason they didn't give us a room together. I don't know what that was about. Um, because I think if I remember correctly, like another couple had asked to have a room together, like a husband and wife, and they had gotten a room together, but for some reason we couldn't get a room together and I, I don't get it. So uh, Kelly and I really didn't see much of each other because it was constantly like either sleeping or in bed and she recovered so quickly, like she was gone from the hospital, I think, within two days. And I ended up having to stay, like, an extra day because I was having trouble with holding down liquids. And my sleeve was, like, falling on, you know, on my chest area in a particular way. And it was just making it hard for me to, like, keep things down. I don't know. It was, like, just a lot of weirdness. But by the time I got home, I was I was so much better, like... 
you know, it took like maybe two, two days and I was getting the swing of things. But as far as what to bring to the hospital, I'll talk about that. All right. So I brought a bunch of stuff to the hospital, honestly. And I, and I sort of wish that I hadn't because it was pointless for me. Um, I brought like a lot of clothes, um, to get comfortable in, you know, like sweats and I'd brought books. I had like, I brought one book and I brought an iPad and, um, and then I brought, um, I brought the gas strips and a couple of random items, but I mean, I didn't read. I barely watched TV while I was there. Um, I think I wore one pair of sweats, like when, by the time I could change into sweats, I think I wore one pair and I had my sandals, which was fantastic. Um, I had my toothbrush and, um, you know, a lot of people will tell you, oh, bring a sippy cup, bring, um, you know, bring your protein shake and blah, blah, blah. And I would just ask ahead of time whether or not that stuff's going to be provided to you because they did provide us, they did provide us with, you know, protein shakes, not the ones I drink, but they did provide you with some. And honestly, if they're going to give you protein shakes at the hospital, just take them because protein shakes are expensive and, you know, you don't want to be wasting them at the hospital because you're going to need them when you get home for sure. Um, and to be honest, like you, when you first come out, you're not, you're not able to ingest that much, you know, um, other people said, bring, bring like a sippy cup, you know, bring some utensils, some baby utensils or whatever. You're not eating, you're not on soft food or anything like that. So that was pointless. I didn't need a sippy cup because they give, they, they give you like these little, like almost the cups that they give pills in. They're really teeny cups. And honestly, before you even go into the surgery, learn how to sip, you know, learn how to take small sips, take your time. Those are things that you can do before surgery to kind of get yourself in the mindset, you know, start to eat slower, start to eat really small bites and, and just start, you know, sipping your food and like, don't, don't drink while you eat, you know, um, those are things that you can do ahead of time so that when you're already sleeved or whatever surgery you're getting, you're already in the game. You already got it. You already got, got it handled. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just unnecessary gas strips. Like for me, they did not work. Um, but you can bring them if you're, if you want, but honestly, like it just has to work its way out. It really just has to. Um, some people find the gas strips very beneficial. In my case, I think I had so much gas in me that it didn't really touch what I was going through. And I guess, I guess that that may equate to the length of time that you're in surgery. Like if you don't, you know, if you're in there for an hour, a gas strip or two might work wonders for you, but like three or four hours, I think you're just going to have to walk it out. Um, and potentially just deal with the pain as it comes and stuff like that. Um, there were some medications, you know, they give you medications kind of around the clock and depending on what you need. Um, they, they were giving me, um, like heparin shots to prevent blood clots. So they were doing that 
and um, those cause some wicked bruising. I gotta tell you, you look like you just got, you just get stomped in your abdomen. Like even the even the incisions don't look that bad because for me the surgery was robotic, so it was like five, I think five or six, tiny tiny incisions, and then the hardest part to look at was the bruising from the from the heparin shot. So, um, yeah, I mean keep it simple, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe a book, maybe a tablet, but I wouldn't even bother with both. Um, and, uh, and if you're going to have a TV in the room, then I wouldn't stress it. Like, honestly, I, I didn't, I don't remember really watching much TV. I remember resting a lot and walking a lot. And I think that's, you know, you, that's just what you need to do because your body has undergone such a serious transformation. Um, and again, like for me, I was under longer and it took me a little bit longer to recover. My wife was watching TV. She was having a great, you know, she was having a great experience and not as hard of a time. So, which I'm very happy about. Um, so just, uh, you know, you just listen to your body and, and it will tell you like what it needs and stuff like that. But I wouldn't go crazy bringing stuff to the hospital unless they tell you they're not going to give you the stuff that you need. So that is that. So finally, I think it was after three days that uh, I was able to go home, and that was awesome. I was so happy to go home. My mom was helping us, and my wife's mom was helping us take care of the baby, and uh, just because it was, we weren't going to be able to like do a lot of heavy lifting. And he's he's you know, he was over ten pounds at that point, so um, it was hard. I have to say, like I was still struggling with taking in fluids and things like that and you just have to be patient with yourself and you have to just you just have to keep keep at it keep at it you know and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to feel discouraged because you can't get a whole bottle down or you can't get all the water they're telling you down and you know don't be discouraged. Like, unless you're legitimately having just such a hard time. Like, I think if you're, if you're having a hard time getting in the liquids and throwing up because, because you're throwing up, I think that that's cause for letting, definitely letting someone know. But if you're just having a hard time because you just, you know, you just feel full, uncomfortable every time you, you take a sip or you, whatever, um, that is definitely normal. I mean, you've just traumatized your whole body. Um, and so it, it's going to take some time for swelling to go down. Healing is happening. Um, you know, uh, your body is drawing on all sorts of different resources and reallocating, um, all your energy to that healing process. So, um, I, you know, again, like I would say, listen to your body and, you know, if you're, if you're really, really concerned about what's happening at any point, you always refer to your treatment team, always call your doctor, always call your surgeon. Um, and, uh, and just be, just, just keep at it. Just be persistent. Just keep trying to sip, 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 sip all the time. Sip, 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 sip. Though there's no time to think about food and you may not, you're probably not even going to be hungry ever. Like right, at least right off the bat, you're not going to be hungry. I don't think I was, I mean, I still like, there are times when I don't eat and my, the only thing that's alerting me to that fact is the fact that my 
my brain feels like it's going to just have a freak out moment or like my bo- I'm crawling out of my skin because maybe my blood sugar is low. But, um, you know, you're not going to be hungry, you know, and if you're hung, if, because there is no longer the hormone that causes that kind of thing, you know, your stomach doesn't really growl, um, and you're not really, you don't feel hunger pain. You may feel mental pain, which might feel like hunger pain, but I think that goes back to something I had said earlier about this being very mental, um, it's, it's a mental, it's a physical, it's an environmental combo, um, you know, eating bad and being obese and just having, having those, those bad habits. And so you may, if you, you, you know, you come out of this surgery and you're like, I'm starving. It's just your brain. Cause you're not, you're not, um, you're not capable of, of feeling that anymore. Um, which is why you have to be very mindful about eating regularly and eating well and getting your protein in because getting your protein in is so important. Taking your vitamins is so important. I have sucked to take the vitamins only because the vitamins that I had that I was given, uh, which were covered, um, for the most part by my insurance, uh, they're chewables and they are terrible and they make me nauseous. So I would like take them every couple days and now I'm on um I recently started taking vitamins via a patch so I you know I joined a lot of Facebook groups and you know social groups like there's support groups so you know you got to utilize your resources when you're going through something like this because you're you're not going to want to be alone and you're you're going to want some insight and you're going to want advice from people who have already experienced this so um you know, support groups at the hospital, Facebook groups online, if you can't make it to the hospital, um, you know, anything to kind of support you during this time and to kind of give you some insight as to the different stages of the surgery and how, how you'll feel and how you react. So, um, I'll talk a little bit more about that experience for myself. So I, I'm, I'm not really able to go to the support groups at the, the hospital that I got the surgery in because I ended up going, or we ended up going like an hour out of our way to go to this hospital because we, um, again, this is where our sister-in-law got the surgery, had a great, um, a great experience, and so we wanted to kind of stick with what we knew. Um, but we did join the hospital support group website. And I joined a lot of other little bariatric support groups. Um, I've also um, unjoined a lot of those groups because, you know, they're not all for you. And it's like no matter where you go, there will be petty people. There will be food police. There will be people who just have something to say about everything. Um, so, so far, I've I've just maintained with like the hospital Facebook group and a Facebook group about food and recipes. Um, now that I'm, I'm in different like stage, like for the first two weeks after, after surgery, you're just, you're continuing on liquid diet. Then you move on, you know, you go back to your nutritionist, then you move on to soft foods, um, not mashed potatoes, people like other stuff. Um, you know, like a pureed, like, like pureed chicken and, um, 
bean like beans like bean soup um anything that's full of protein that's soft egg like a like a eggs made a certain way can is considered soft um so yeah not not anything carby not mashed potatoes not sweet potatoes uh you know and definitely don't jump into the hard food right away um and don't jump into the soft food right away like really follow what your doctor is telling you you know if you can you know because again Everyone is a little bit different, but I would recommend trying to follow what your doctor says only because, like, why risk it, you know? Why, why risk it for a biscuit at this point? You've already gone through so much. Um, but support is, support, having support is really important for the people around you and, you know, people that you reach out to and just, um, I don't really socialize much in the support group, but I, I look at it. I read, I read postings and I kind of, um, find inspiration from a lot of people's journeys, you know, because at first, you know, you see when you look at people's posts, a lot of them are way far along, like a year or two years or even more along in their journey. And they've already lost all their weight or very close to losing or getting to their target goal. Um, and when you're first starting out, it's like, oh my God, like this is going to take forever. And again, time is, it's, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, you know, when I first started out, doing the prerequisites for the surgery it was like oh my god six months is going to take forever and then the six months was done and it was like oh my god three weeks of this and then the three weeks were done and you know it just it goes by so quickly before you even know it um so I did go through all those stages the liquid diet the soft food and and then you know started reintroducing solids um and right now I feel like I'm I'm in a very good place like occasionally I'll eat things that are not necessarily the best but I no longer overindulge in things like I I just had a peanut butter um cracker you know and I mean that stuff takes me forever to eat but um you know for the most part I mean chicken oh my god I love chicken any way you make it I, I just about love it you know with um you know chicken and mushroom um, grilled chicken, barbecue chicken. Uh, I love steak. Eat a lot of steak. Eat a lot of eggs. Um, green beans. Uh, you know, tomatoes. All like yummy stuff. Chili. Uh, um, you know, we do a lot of turkey meat. Try to try to keep it lean because you know you're eating a lot of. You don't want to eat a lot of red meat, but you also want to get like all your protein in. And you don't want to eat too, you know, you don't want your cholesterol to go flying high, you know, while you're on this. So, you know, utilize the support groups and and your nutritionist lessons to really um, continue that good pattern of eating and stuff like that. And, you know, as time goes on, you can have, you can reintroduce, it's not like, there are certain things you can eat because your body doesn't like them anymore. But, you know, eventually you'll be able to reintroduce stuff you used to eat and do it in moderation. So, I mean, that's, that's a life lesson right there. So where am I now? Um, I got the surgery back in April. It is now September. Um, so I am, I think I'm, I'm almost, well, I'm like 
about five months. May, June, July, July, August. Yeah, I'm like four. Yeah, I'm like four months approaching. You know, slowly approaching the five month mark on my surgery, and I am currently 87 pounds down as of I think the beginning of the week when I weighed myself. Um, and that's that's just huge. Uh, right now, I have um, packed. I want to say 95% of my wardrobe in garbage bags because I can no longer wear it and um I mean this that that is one struggle like having the money to buy new clothes and um I don't even want to buy a lot of clothes and I'm trying to keep the shirts that a lot of the shirts that I have I mean some shirts um the nice thing is like my wife is smaller than I am so I've been able to wear her clothes now the only thing I can't wear are her pants because she's shorter than I am but, um, yeah, I, I, like, have almost nothing to wear, and pants especially, like, I'm still wearing big pants because I just haven't had the money to go shopping, but, um, that's gonna be something you struggle with, like, just buying clothes, and I think if you do buy clothes, I really wouldn't go ham on buying clothes because every couple of weeks you're losing, you know, you're losing inches. You may not lose weight sometimes, but you will lose inches and that's going to go quickly and you're you're just going to be buying clothes left and right. So I've opted to not really go on shopping sprees, but I think the last time I bought clothes, I just bought a couple of shirts and then I bought one pair of jeans um because I had gone down a jean size. So right now I'm pretty sure I'm ready to go down another jean size if not two. Um and and shirts are have definitely gone down like three sizes in shirts. So, I mean, I'm still a big girl. I'm, I'm like just almost out of the 300s. Like I went from pretty much 400 pounds and I'm almost out of the 300. I think I'm at like 310 right now. So I've gone, you know, I'm on my way easing back down to like a normal weight. Um, I think my highest weight in high school was somewhere around 270 something. And so I have a feeling that I'm going to go surpass that and it's going to be crazy because I like, it's been so long since I've been these weights that I've been recently or along, along this journey. Like it's just, I, I can't even tell you how awesome it feels to be able to touch your toes, not have a backache every time you like turn over in bed, not snore all the time. I, I sleep better. I actually have so much energy. I stay up late all the time, which is so bad. But, you know, I'm more alert. I'm more energized. I want to do stuff. I want to have adventures. Um, it is just, it is a life changer. It is, it is, and even for my wife, like, she has struggled with depression for so long. And she has just been doing so much better wanting to go outside, wanting to do stuff, dressing cute, like, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Like she's back to crafting and doing things. I just, it's just such, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Like just the, the overall changes and how it, how being obese puts you down in a way that even you don't realize over time and how it changes you over time. You know, um, the health, health wise, mentally, emotionally like there's just it's there's so many changes involved 
and um, I'm so grateful to be where I am right now, especially for our son, who, you know, we we want to keep up with and we want to live a long time for, and we don't want to hold him back from doing stuff. I'm like, one of my goals is to go to Disney and next year, and I'm freaking looking forward to that because I haven't been on a theme park ride since like the eighth grade, and I am pumped. I'm freaking pumped. So that that's definitely one of the things. And I fit in chairs. Holy, oh my God. There's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff. I can't even, I mean, I can't even explain it all. It's like stuff you couldn't do and now you can. So, I mean, that's just, but if you have questions, let me know.